Welcome to Stories Jesus Told, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Fresh Dot, Wisconsin. Here is Trinity's Rick Adams and Pastor Carl Landbauer. Hello again, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, uh, along with Pastor Carl Landbauer. Hi, Rick. Angela Axman. Hi, Rick. It's good to have you both here in the podcast room again. It is Thursday, July 6th, as we continue to make our way through the parables, the stories that Jesus told. We have been, it seems like we've been in Matthew 13 all week. And, I think we have. And we are going to continue there today. Uh, with the parable of the net, starting at verse 47. So if you're following along at home and you have your Bibles open, Pastor Carl, take it away. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Kind of similar to a parable we had a couple days ago with the parable of the tares and a a separation that's occurring here at at the Day of Judgment. Yeah, it's another Judgment Day parable. and uh, So not a real comfortable place to spend spend time, but it's important for us to, to reflect on that, not only so that we have an appropriate fear of God, but also so that we recognize that the the time is short and the opportunity to, to share the gospel is now and that that judgment day is real for all of the people that we know and love. And so uh, I think Jesus keeps that in view for us because we need to have it in our minds. And, you know, the allusion to the, the net, one thinks of a first century Galilean fisherman and how they went about catching fish. They used nets. We get a hint of this in the Gospels when Jesus calls Simon Peter and James and John. They're mending their nets after coming in from an unproductive fish. Jesus instructs them to let their nets down, and of course we get the great catch of fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this we talked earlier this week about how Jesus uses the culture of the people that are his audience, and he's using aspects of what they're familiar with to help him teach these heavenly truths of the kingdom of God. So they certainly would have understood the idea of a net catching more than you're interested in catching, right? There's there's the good fish, but then there's also some that need to be tossed aside, and Jesus is explaining to us what what the significance of that is when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It strikes me as you say that, that uh, we talked earlier this week about some of the, we would call them universalist teachings, the idea that there is no judgment or, you know, everybody is saved or things like that. And uh, I think sometimes people who would rather avoid accountability to God and, and therefore avoid their Savior kind of have the illusion that they, you know, well, Christianity works for Christians and and. Muslims can do the Islam thing, and for me, I do my thing, and as if there's going to be separate nets, <laughs> but there's not. There's one net, there's one day, there's one judge before whom we will all stand, and, and it strikes me as I just think about that that image, that we all end up being pulled out of the water by the, the same judge. 
Yeah, and it's it's a parable that has similar themes that that other parables of Jesus uh, tells the parable of the sheep and the goats, right? We talked about the weeds and the and the good plants that were um, sown, and there's that separation that comes. And I think it's like you said, Pastor, that it's it's important to keep pointing out that, that it is real. It is going to happen, um, and we don't know when. Mm-hmm. And that even even what we think of as our lifetime is really short. And um, to to be encouraged to take every opportunity to share the gospel with as many people as we can, to live, be a living example of Christ to the best of our ability so that others are drawn to him um, because we don't know when it's going to happen. And we have to be ready, just like the um, the virgins with their oil lamps. You know, some of them had extra oil and, and some of them didn't. And the ones that had to go away and get more, they lost out when the bridegroom came. Yeah, it's a constant warning. Jesus is constantly saying, you also must be ready. Keep watch. And so anytime that, that judgment day comes up, that is one of the, the implications of it. Be ready. I imagine there were some in Jesus's audience who perhaps were overly confident of which type of fish they were. Hmm. And maybe there's a, a word of warning here to all of those who are confident in their own righteousness or confident in their own uh, identity for reasons other than what Jesus would have them understand themselves to actually be. I'm thinking like Pharisees and uh, teachers of the law, those who depended upon their own righteousness for salvation. Um, Perhaps like those who were the goats in Matthew 25, Matthew 18 is 20. No, you're Matthew 25. They're surprised when uh, Jesus tells them, um, you did not, you know, I was hungry and you did not give me something to eat or not feed me. Um, yeah. I guess my where I wanted to go with this was, what do you say to the person who reads this with fear? Like, well, what if I'm, what if I'm not the right kind of fish? What if I don't want to be the one that gets tossed? Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's really helpful to, to be thinking about that. Jesus, two clear categories here, good fish and bad fish mm-hmm. without any nuance. But from the rest of the scriptures, it's, it's real clear. There is no one righteous, not even one. We've talked about those passages already in, in this summer. And so we're all, we're all bad fish until we're made righteous by Jesus. And so... It, the rule 100% of the time is if I'm afraid because of my sin, I look to Jesus, right? It's always, that's the only place of comfort. I, and the the temptation is to look at my works. And so, like, I feel guilty about, I lost my temper with my, my wife, so I'm going to make it up by doing some good, which, you know, might be helpful in human relationships, but does nothing in my relationship with God. If I've sinned, I need forgiveness. That's the... That's the recourse 100% of the time. Yeah, that's so helpful because I think a lot of times we, we might fall into that mindset of that the, the sorting of the fish is just kind of whatever mood God is in that day. 
You know, like, <laughs> Praise God, that's not <laughs> exactly <yes. laughs> right. The, the, oh, there is man. a reason why we can be confident that we will be found uh, as as in the net instead of cast out of the net mm. on, on the day of judgment. And it all comes down to that love faith relationship that we have because of who we know Jesus to be and what we trust in him for, for our salvation. I like these reminders too, that are pretty point blank. Um, because I think our world distracts us constantly from the need for salvation. Yeah. Um, because we have so many physical needs that plague us and drag us down and that we seek to satisfy, um, whether it's the things we eat or see or hear or, you know, we're always wanting to make our, our self feel good. And we don't, uh, we don't pursue the things necessarily that help our eternal life. We don't appreciate, sometimes we don't appreciate the fact that we even have the eternal life. And, um, yeah, we don't value it the way we should. And so I like these reminders that it's, it means something. It's necessary. Um, I think I think because of the distractions, but also because this is this is what is unacceptable in our world when it comes to religion is to believe that there's judgment. People are fine with you can believe in God, but when you start talking about believing in Jesus, they get nervous because Jesus says He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. And so it's tempting to sort of to preach a Santa Claus kind of a God who. You know, he rewards the good and the bad kind of get ignored, something like that, you know, or unless they're really, really bad, then then the, the world might be okay with a little bit of judgment. But uh, but the by and large, this is this is what we kind of are steered away from culturally. And so we might need it as a slap in the face. I was listening to a, a sermon online the other day by Tim Keller, and he, he was talking about how people tend to want to take some of Jesus's teachings and leave others. Yeah. I like this part, but I would rather not believe this part. Right. And Keller says, you can have none of that. It's, it's intellectually dishonest. Mm -hmm. He says, because Jesus himself made claims about his godness, his divinity. So if you're just trying to cherry pick certain things about what he says, or certain things that he says that you like, you're not being, you're not being honest with yourself, and you're being disingenuous to the totality of Jesus's message. And the totality of it is that he, yes, he is a loving God who has come to save you, but he is also a judge who will ultimately bring justice on the earth. Yeah, there is something to be saved from, whether you like that or not. Yeah, that right. is the reality. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of human nature, right? To want to tune out the voices that. Yeah condemn or convict mm -hmm. and so it's not a surprise it's not new it goes back i mean the most famous example of it is the thomas jefferson bible where he literally took a pen knife and cut parts <laughs> of it out so that would only what he wanted was left uh and still still very much a temptation to i want to reiterate to our listeners that when we read parables like this that we should not be living in abject fear of the judgment day mm -hmm. That, uh, that we are in Christ and we are secure mm -hmm. and there is literally nothing for us to be afraid of. Yeah, in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is true. I wander from Christ. I've got everything to be afraid of. In Christ, I have nothing to be afraid of. Right. 
Yeah. And that's, I think, thinking about our, our pattern rejoicing and, and at, at first glance, well, what is there to rejoice in here? Uh, but there is something to rejoice in because there is a day that comes when evil ends, mm-hmm. when the bad is gone. And not only the bad outside of me, but even the bad inside of me is gone. And so Judgment Day is something to look forward to. It is the day of your, uh, like, uh, I think it's in Luke's gospel, Jesus says, when that when you see this day coming, stand up, lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing near. It's a day to look forward to. Angela, you had mentioned earlier um, that we, we forget. We forget, you know, that we're secure in Christ and we behave as if we're not. And so that would be a, a great uh, example of as we're reflecting on the rejoice, repent request. And we look at this particular scripture. What is God speaking to us? that we can speak back to him in prayer is that um, we acknowledge that um, our lives are secure in him. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Leads us to our last uh, of the three request. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Let me look at it a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think... I want to go to what you had said earlier, uh, Pastor, that um, he is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned this in the previous, in yesterday's parable, that we, we just want him to come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Uh, because uh, I think I know when it was, it was when we were talking about the, the, the wheat and the tares, that living in this life alongside of evil does become wearisome. Mm-hmm. And lest we grow weary of the fight, it's all the more reason why we cling so closely to Jesus and his word. So those of you who are podcasting with us, enjoying these podcasts, you're you're taking hold of the means by which God has given you to remain close to him. God's word, worship in the sacrament, worship with the sacraments, that's the means of grace that God is giving us so that we never have to worry about what the future will hold. Yeah. I think uh, for me, there's a repentant request that kind of blended together here when it comes to just, again, that awareness of Judgment Day that we've talked about, that's easy to forget. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a repentance in living without that awareness, and that that leads to apathy about those who are lost, as if we've got all the time in the world when... That time does come to an end, and certainly my time in this world comes to an end. And so requesting a renewed renewed heart for those who are lost and uh, asking God to make me an instrument in bringing them to Jesus. And having a sense of urgency. And having a sense it. of urgency about it, yeah. Okay, well, again, once again, we're... We come to the end of another podcast. We are close to the end of another week of podcasting. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow on Saturday. But uh, Tomorrow's until Friday. Then, sorry, you're right. Today, yeah. Tomorrow is Friday. Yeah. Uh, we will be back tomorrow on the 7th to continue in more of the stories that Jesus told. Until then, everybody have a very blessed day. <laughs>